Welcome to Mindful Space to Pause. Your host is Dee Lee. In our show, you'll experience what it means to take a break, get in tune with your true self, and be in the present. Now, here is your host, Dee Lee. Welcome to our show, Mindful Space to Pause. My name is Dee Lee, and I'm your host today as we explore how to practice presence with nonverbal communication. We can begin applying this immediately as we embark on this personal design assignment of ourselves. When you do something noble and beautiful and nobody noticed, do not be sad. For the sun every morning is a beautiful spectacle, and yet most of the audience still sleeps. John Lennon had that as a thought. How often do you find yourself answering to the open invitation of nature's beings to step outside and give your full attention to observe, listen, open all of your senses and be filled with awe. There is no need to read between the lines of what you are picking up with this experience. You are presented with instant action and reaction and a full impression of the scene as it is truly being presented. An expansive nonverbal language is born between ourselves and our immediate world when we connect with this simple invitation being offered. Sometimes our tendency is to overreact with impatient gestures, facial expressions, vocal tone, tones, eye contact, body language, and talking loudly with our hands. Today we're going to be discovering deeper observation ideas deeper inspiration, and deep experience using nonverbal language. Peter Drucker said, the most important thing in communication is hearing what isn't said. Nonverbal communication really refers to gestures, facial experience, expressions, your tone of voice, your eye contact or lack thereof, body language, posture, and any other ways that are communicating without actually using a verbal language. It's being creative. And when we think in terms of uh, comparing a bird and a human, and when there is a connection, they seem like they should be at different levels. But really, you know, there's really a new um, expansive language that, puts a lot of communication together as that bird is sharing its its burst of song. And if if we're listening, we pick up on that and are looking around, well, where did that come from? It's it unites us and we we ought to be uh, listening to the invitations of, you know, birds and animals and, and just the environment that we live in around our environments um, in the outside and in nature uh, being more present we have an opportunity to really visit with um, our um, environments you know in a different way and there are rhythms that we can be exposed to that we might not even remember in a way um, with the different seasons and having a variety of different habitats that we explore. Uh, we also learn that, um, you know, everything changes. So as, as you get communicating with an area around where you might live or where you visit, things do change too, just like the seasons. 
And so part of this is learning how to change and be uh, grateful that we have an opportunity to know that we can change or step in and out of different uh, levels of exposure as we're going. So it's, it's learning how to um, pay attention, uh, listen, be feeling wondrous about something that is happening and feeling that we uh, actually belong with the operation going on with, within nature. And some of this is having to do with something that might be referred to as how does nature speak? And, and animals really walk their talk if you want to compare it. You know, they, they really mean and do what they say and or um, are expressing. There's no, no, nothing that they are really uh, doing that's kind of a... Um, trying to make up on something that's not exactly as they are intending. It's interesting because uh, we don't have to be looking at an observation process and say, well, is that really that animal's intention? It's really what they're they're intending is what they're showing. And um, wild animals do live close to their mean, to the means and ends of their existence. Whenever you think about um, the, their existence is, can be very fragile, and yet um, in the life patterns of different animals um, and environments, um, it's just as it is. And so when we're ob- observing this from a different perspective in our own realm, um, we're trying to learn a communication tool that we're really listening to this fragile communication. It comes and it goes, and sometimes it's it's hard to catch. Um, it may be something that uh, just shows up, and if we're not really tuned into it, then it becomes interestingly gone. Um, so nonverbal communication is really transmission of information through visual, auditory, tactile, and kinesthetic channels. That's from Wikipedia. It's an elaborate, uh, Edward Sepper said, nonverbal communication is an elaborate secret code that is written nowhere, known by none, and yet it's understood by all. So it's a... Um, interesting exposure to when we're so used to um, communicating by being um, in control of our uh, communication exchange and we learn a lot of different communication tools as we go through life. Uh, Why does nonverbal communication matter? There's different cues, you know, there's different ways that that we find that um, sometimes things work differently for each person, but um, the way you listen, how do you look at something? Do you observe things um, in a deep way? Uh, Do you have curiosity? How does um, your communicating um, with someone seem like you're in a hurry? Uh, Sometimes our expression of whatever is happening if we're impatient we can i mean someone looking at the scenario might feel like you're not really caring about what you're observing or if you're in too much of a hurry you'll miss something and how closely do we look at something 
um, there's different signals that we that we have that um, we might not be aware of that we we as we're not speaking and communicating with a, a word language um, some of what can be happening is the signal that you send off could match up with um, not match up with words they could be um, you know some clarity so that you're not creating more tension or mistrust and sometimes the the report that you report that um, or the uh, rapport that you have increases trust and clarity. It comes with some communication um, sensitivities that other people may not be used to coming up and acting on nonverbal cues. Other people may not even have that kind of a reaction because they haven't practiced it or they're not um, visually or um, actually uh, listening in a different way. So um, different roles can happen here with the communication. And so um, basically your nonverbal helps to uh, repeat and strengthen the message that you're, you're making verbally. So it's almost like a, a, um, if you're sitting and verbally expressing something, whatever nonverbal you're, you're contributing with helps to give the receiver a feeling like it's um, it's strengthening in a, a reactive way, um, but if we're not careful, this can be a and with your your actions if they don't match up with your verbal, then it can contradict the message that you're trying to relay, and your listener may not know how to really take the the verbal which they're going to probably listen to more uh, intently rather than observing, you know, your physical mo- motions or whatever. It depends on, you know, what you're trying to portray. Um, a lot of times it's complementing the uh, different uh, ways of increasing your impact if you're really um, working with someone and you want to have a a, an expression that's not just verbal, but you know, it's like helping to make sure that whatever physical uh, methods you're using or your body language is working with the words. So there's some different kinds of um, nonverbal communication that um, a lot of people rep- you know put into a term of body language. Uh, facial expressions. Our faces are extremely expressive and we can take countless emotions um, and convey these usually without a word. And sometimes the the facial expressions are something that um, someone can pick up on if you're happy or sad or if you're surprised or if you're in disgust, you know, your face is going to show a lot of this emotion. Your body movement and posture. How how are you? Uh, how are your perceptions? If you um, are being affected by exchange of information, but someone's sitting or walking or standing or not really um, turned toward you, or they turn away from you, these are different ways that um, can give you a message, and it may not match the information that you're hearing. Uh, gestures are all kinds of things. Um, 
you may be waving your hands around or pointing or um, expressing yourself with, um, you know, a lot of people express with hands right in front of, but they may not even see them themselves doing that. So it can be a bit confusing and all this also distractive that um, in certain countries, you know, certain things where uh, we might uh, find it okay in our uh, English area, um, certain countries might find an action or nonverbal action uh, offensive. So it's, it's really uh, important to know what you're, um, what you're basically doing with yourself as well as your voice when you're trying to make it an impression. Eye contact is um, very important because it's also um, going to show a communication of interest or affection or attraction. It's important to have that flow because then your conversation and if you bring along the conversation along with eye contact, it really gives the other person a sense of importance that you're really there present listening to them or exchanging with them. We do a lot of things where we put our hand on someone if we're, we're also, um, you know, or shake hands. And so um, a hug might be um, okay in that situation, but we're also saying, okay, well, here, this action that we have is giving um, a, an emotion to someone and they'll pick up on that. If you walk up to somebody and uh, sometimes you might be in conversation, but maybe be too close to them, uh, each of us have a different space around ourselves that we want to sometimes have a little distance in that physical space. And it can be also cultural that it's better to not be quite so close when you're trying to communicate something. So especially if if you're trying to also have um, a uh, space where you can have a um, have more of your uh, your actions with your hands or whatever. The, the space is very important to keep an eye on, so you're not running into people unnecessarily. When you're using your voice, it's not just what you say; it's also how you work your voice, so that when you are speaking, other people can hear in your voice if you're. Uh, if you're excited about what you're doing, if you're um, angry, um, how loud are you speaking? And that also comes up with a combination of reactions. So when someone's thinking, oh, I should be excited about this, but someone's voice is very flat and very boring, the receiver may tune you out because they're not even in tune with what you're you're saying so we have to be aware of you know how is our voice going um some of it is interesting too because people can feel like they need to be acting a certain way in different situations but maybe they don't feel like they really want to uh show or or have a certain reaction and so they might feel like they have to do something a certain way because that's the um, situation. And when they're not really into that action, uh, it almost works backwards. 
and gives a different signal as to, well, I'm not really here. I don't really care to be here. I don't really want to uh, have a conversation. Um, so there's a combination of not just the their internal system, but their whole system is saying, I just don't care. I, I want to be elsewhere. And so um, it's negative body language that basically gets very confusing. Uh, someone might cross their arms and just um, maybe tap their toes and go, uh, I'm in a hurry, I'm impatient. I don't care what you want to say, but I'm not. I'm here because I have to be, and um, on and on. There's a lot of different combinations of ways to be doing things differently, and what we try to do is have it so that uh, we can learn moment by moment, be here now, um, but also aware of being fully present, and we know that we can learn to. Uh, have a better emotional state so that um, if we're in stress mode, uh, it's not going to stress someone else out because we're, we're communicating that stress even though it's not related to them. So emotions are really contagious. Um, if you are excited, it's very likely that when you're excited about something, someone's going to pick up on that energy around you and also get excited. They won't know why. And then they become more curious. So they're actually asking around in, in your conversation is like, wow, what is making you so excited? And yet they're, they're also reacting in a positive way. And so um, that's an uplift in a way. And it works the other way too. If someone's very down and depressed, that feels very heavy. And so if someone is upbeat and runs into someone that's depressed, it can feel like a big drag. And they're not sure why maybe, but it's also a mismatch in the emotions. And so everyone just, you know, responds differently. And we have to just take the opportunity to be present and feel like we um, work that uh, on a moment-by-moment -moment connection so that we can help ourselves and have it so that we're aware of what we're doing, how we're sharing ourselves in our conversations. And it's, it's really an emotional awareness, which begins with us being in the moment and helping um, understand ourselves so that we can then share and um, also not just share, but also be aware of, of the response that someone else is picking up. So we want to, um, you know, sometimes be really clear as to how we're feeling not be disconnected from ourselves in our emotions. And even though we don't feel numb or we're um, trying to stay more connected, we just want to make sure that we're aware of it so that we can make that shift and know that as we're shifting, we're also helping the communication process. Um, this can be learned and it's... Um, Important to pay attention as you're going through looking at different nonverbal reactions um, and watching their body language, but also how you're reacting so that sometimes we react into an emotion, but we may not think about it in that way. So it can also happen that if you're in a group, you can have a group reacting to an emotion or a gesture where other people are picking up emotions and uh, in a group it can get even more 
interesting because everyone's sort of feeling it. And so it's important to know if it's a group effect or if you're picking up on something and um, that person is creating this on purpose, possibly, or maybe not. So it's important to take time and pause and, and be able to read the, the situation and know that you can take the choice here as to what you want to do in reaction. So on a pause note, we're going to take a quick uh, brief pause and we'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. When you slow down, you give yourself a gift of time for being. Here in the abundant flow, thought seeds grow. Daily moments rush past and disappear into memory. Surround yourself with an essence of nature and feel a renewed sense of hope and peace. Watching a bee gather pollen, the wind playing with leaves, garden flowers presenting their unique, colorful faces. These are the simple joys possible. Our natural world gets left behind in the concrete jungle, digital maze, or inner and outer environment systems. Make a choice to fill your mind with uplifting images surrounding you with invisible access on your mobile devices, in your working and living environments. Pause pads are a quick momentary retreat for your mind to find a space to pause in the middle of a busy day for a moment for a reality break from a busy schedule, or as a reminder to take time for yourself to get uplifted. The pause pad break has so many benefits and yet is like a lily pad floating around in sight and in mind as a space to experience an immediate sense of calm. Take a break, hit the pause pad button, or send an email to mcspectrums at gmail.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Mindful Space to Pause with your host, Dee Lee. If you'd like to connect with the show, we'd love to hear from you via email. You can send them to mcspectrums at gmail.com. That's mcspectrums at gmail.com. Now, back to Mindful Space to Pause. Hi, my name is Dee Lee, and today we're talking about nonverbal communication and um, an area I've been exploring has to do with nature and how does nature speak to us. Uh, more specifically, uh, working with flowers. Um, I'm a photographer and I really enjoy um, observing in a close way the different um, flowers that are in a season and why they're opening and close or while they're opening and closing and really capturing the uh, action and making some uh, exploration and curiosity that I have on how they are reacting to their environments. And it's interesting because that's a lot of nonverbal communication, but yet it's very loudly uh, shared and openly shared by um, flowers and other natural um beings that are available to us if we take the time to uh, really um, relate to them. History of flowers has been around for a long, long time, and um, they also played a a large role in William Shakespeare's works. So with all of the plant symbolism, um, there was also a lot of um, sentiment about 
flowers and how they um, were relating to human emotions. Um, so in the 1800s, um, the learning of symbolism of flowers be- was a very popular pastime. And um, there were guidebooks for deciphering the language, um, but they were also depending upon uh, humans to relate different words that were associated with some of this languaging. And during that time, um, some of it was very uh, emotional. So they provided a nuance in a way uh, of communication and it was a it was a nonverbal, but it was based upon understanding what that uh, flower's meaning was on some common note. It's kind of like having a a library or a, a dictionary based upon um, what is that that flower. Well, that's meaning this based upon someone else's interpretation. And some of the interesting part of communication here too. Like roses, people know a rose is a certain meaning. Uh, Poppies and lilies and uh, some of the emotion having to do with color was a basis for that decision as to, okay, this related to this. Um, Pink was, I will never forget you. Um, Or if it's uh, like a red rose, my heart is involved in this communication somehow. Um, A white violet meant innocence, while a purple violet said um, they were filled with love. And red roses were openly expressing feelings of love. So if you handed someone a bouquet of red roses, that had a whole nonverbal effect. But it was common in that understanding that was what it meant. and clover was saying, saying if you gave someone a clover, I'm thinking of you know that person. So in some ways, um, there's different forms of flowers being handed from a different positioning could mean different things based upon observation and understanding of uh, some language process going on and how they're presented, in what condition they were um, presented in, um, so that essentially there was a lot of symbolism that was happening, and um, it had an obvious message in some ways that possibly was being directed, um, but sometimes might have been just a situation. So if, if someone was handing a bouquet, a child, for instance, has um, a tendency to look at uh, dandelions or something that's bright and it's yellow and it's it's available at their level. They'll go and pick them up, but somebody might not uh, react very well if, if they're a dandelion because they think in terms of it being a weed. So it becomes interesting as an expression as to who's the giver and how someone's going to be receiving it. Roses are um, an interesting one because they come in such a variety of color and yet they have some um, multiple meanings and like a white rose has a meaning of purity and innocence, um, a fresh start. Uh, Red rose is love and deep crimson might be mourning. 
mourning as as feeling sad for someone uh, with a situation. Pink rose has to do with happiness and gentleness. Um, lavender uh, has a different coral friendship. Um, meanings of wedding flowers have a whole uh, wrap around of of emotion around them, and um, it's interesting that. Um, you know, there is a, a lot of emotion and it's given. It's it's a um, not one that someone's going to ask about, but it's more the idea of uh, it's a basic understanding. It's it's that that is the rose concept that you see one and how you f- actually are affected by it. So interestingly about or interesting information about nonverbal and also nature is that um, there's a lot of uh, information that's based upon mathematics and um, words are not mathematics, but there's a lot of uh, related uh, response because math and science and some of these other um, areas are part of the language building up um, and there's foundation for uh, physical theory and how things work and science. So math is is kind of a common language of math is a given, but it's not really a language. It does have properties that are characteristic, but it doesn't have a fluency of natural language and is not spoken as related um I mean, we don't sit here and talk formula and necessarily um, exchange formulas in our conversations. And so it becomes an, a basis um, point to know that it is a form of, um, you know, numbers and symbols that do have calculations and there are effects of different language elements that have that as a basis point. Um there are patterns that are built upon that as a um, part of the theory and knowing the patterns and how things relate to each other um, with like algebra and geometry, those do have a way of forming a a, uh, exchange of common information and they're also used in science and they play a vital role in how things are um, put together because they're really the connection of a lot of different factors. They serve with precision and are they're something that um, to look at from a perspective, um, you know, is kind of a source uh, for some of our other connections that we we talk about is more of the, the words and the and the verbal part. Um, Language really has, uh, you know, it's is very uh, very critical because uh, words have their own magic, and um, it's hard sometimes when we put words to paper. Um, we have to literally choose, you know, something that's very specific to the meaning that we're trying to work with. But in in also this area, math is, uh, goes beyond the language, so it is not just limited um, and abstract, and it can be something that um, 
can be used from a higher order as well as it has properties that words sometimes don't quite get to. Um, in this combination, we're looking at um, how the structure of our environment and our related uh, expressions with um, our um, related beings out here, we have a related party in when we're involved in exchanging um, a shared experience with a plant or with our natural area. And um, when you go to uh, really take a close look, they are really talking to us. And we all we have to do really is listen. It sounds simple, but it's not easy. And when we look at this, um, and if you involve an animal in this combination, different uh, words come up with uh, an exchange with between ourselves and animals. It may not be in words, and maybe we don't understand, but we're also, um, animal language has to do with intuition, uh, gut feeling, impressions. Uh, there's primal language, interspecies communication, uh, psychic ability. Um, many of these names are speaking to the fact that um, creatures do talk to us and we do pick up on a different level but you know if we're not tuned into it or trained in a way uh, we may not even understand that what they're talking about or if we're not observing or taking a real close perspective in relating to them we would miss the point uh, even though they're um, speaking to us and as humans you know we have all kinds of different uh, ways of um, paying attention, but we're not wired sometimes to be able to open our minds um, as being totally communicative. And uh, so it becomes an opportunity to learn, uh, roll back to when you were a child. And a lot of the um, process and learning from a child's perspective is they're, they're very curious. And we're looking, looking at... Um, language where a child might pick up something because they're curious, not just from curiosity perspective, but also fact of uh, wanting to share an emotion or curious about, say, a cat that's purring when they're being um, petted. Um, that cat's going to have a different feeling and or a dog um, relating to that child. So um, it's not just mammals and birds, but we also relate to butterflies, trees, and lakes. Um, we can go and have a conversation with a tree if we really look. It may not feel uh, like a two-way communication, but there's also an ability to uh, take a look at, at when you're observing the tree, how is it different from other trees in its, in its environment. So we sharpen our senses and we're able to look at um, our natural area and feel that there is a conversation point so that essentially that becomes an ability to uh, look at it from a different world process. And even though we aren't speaking a language of expression here, we're picking up um, a reaction to something. 
So, you know, how do you practice some of this? It's interesting because some of the practice is, is time. And how do we take that time is really dependent upon our own schedules or allowing ourselves to have that time. It's important to uh, factor in that some of this could be done so simply it's in your own backyard or in an area right around. You don't have to travel very far. And that becomes even better because then you're going to be uh, interacting with uh, a, a very magical opportunity if you take time to look at your, say, if you have a flower uh, combination in your uh, deck or area that you can take a look at, uh, every day it's going to have a different feel about it because it's either um, the time of day, the lighting, uh, they're going to react to lighting in different ways. Um, I had several plant uh, formations and uh, species that I have been working with on my deck and it was interesting over a period of about a week uh, the sun was coming up and some days were cloudy in the sunrise but also having it such that um, from a shadow perspective some of the, the flowers were thinking it wasn't day so some of them opened some of them didn't and um, it's important to take note and be watching around and also clouds and formations um, watching a sunrise is just very uh, magical in a way uh, there was an opportunity a couple of weeks ago for myself um, I noticed the sunrise was getting very colorful so I took some time to observe its direction and went to look further turned out I was um, in a park area that was open and there was an area that the sun was coming through a series of tree bank areas um, and the uh, magic that was happening was about a thousand Canadian geese were coming in shape you know the they have a form of a V shape in their flight patterns and so I happened to be at that kind of position uh, watching as all of these geese were coming into a, a field not too far from where I was taking pictures and it was such a magical awe moment for myself as I was able to watch how this whole event was happening when these geese were landing in the field that was already populated by a lot of other geese and also the sunrise having that with um, in within the area there but watching the geese against that sunrise was just it was such a magical expression there that um, I just couldn't uh, have picked a time to have that happen I just had to be there and so this is again us looking for ways to interact even though it may be just very um, instant but being aware of what the possibilities are you're going to find yourself just being more and more exposed to those moments of awe or it, it does give you that sense of um, being able to share with what's going on and there that is a language of nature that is just so awe moment that awe moment has all kinds of different uh, expression going on and uh, makes us feel very uh, uplifted uh, with hope and 
it makes us wanting to really understand all of the activity that's happening in that that area. So it, again, it's taking time, and as we take the time, we're also looking at uh, expression and how do we react to that. Uh, do we take more time if it's expansion of an event? Um, by having that time flexibility, then you're going to enjoy and find yourself uh, connecting in a deeper way. So part of this expression here is having more opportunity for deep observation or curiosity. So if you're more curious, you know, and you see something happening, you can react with stepping forward with that and setting aside your agendas and uh, notions and have it so that we can get conscious ourselves into an area that gives us more expansion. And when we do that, we, we benefit so much. Uh, we don't know maybe until later as we explain to ourselves what we just saw. And as you explain it to someone else, it's going to be the same thing about like with the nonverbal communication, you're going to feel in awe and your expression's going to be in awe and people might not really understand all that you're saying, but you're going to be able to show that in this moment you had this expression, this ev- that event happening and it was just something that you know, brought about a lot of um, joy or curiosity or you experience something that you haven't felt um, and you're trying to explain that. So in stepping along in that process, you're becoming more um, aware of your surroundings and able to react to them. Um, the surroundings are speaking to you in a nature's language, which as we open up to this, we're going to have more experience and able to internalize that. And the, that kind of internal conversation uh, is something that's going to stay with you for um, a long time because what's happening is you're relating to something that you may not have a word of discovery about but your your sensory is is fully um, present and taking up this wonderful event that essentially gives you a um, a different experience. And we learn sometimes with experiences, it's like taking a photo. If you take a photo and you look at it later, you're going to remember the moment that photo was taken, possibly, and or you you relate to feelings of of what made you take that photo and um, what was the, the curiosity you had that was drawing to that photo event. And when you do that, you're going to have an expression there that's non-word oriented. And when we try to discover afterwards words to explain it, sometimes it's very difficult. And we're waving our hands around going, wow, we just had this great event happening and we're doing this. And I'm listening to nature and I'm having this opportunity to watch all these birds land. And I don't know, it's been very interesting because most people don't relate to that. And I don't think it's like they don't want to, but it's also that um, we don't have a lot of opportunity sometimes to have an event like that just drop into our front desk area or our front um, exposure if you are out wandering around in nature um, things just happen 
they are very event oriented and it's the it's the gift that of us being there having that ex- that event happening that um we want to remember this as being wow this is part of nature's language and we remember what's what our responses um is or not and if we're curious about it it helps to have that observation process and time to do that so it's taking time and it's pausing uh, as we pause we also are more in present mode which means that we're going to uh, not just be choosing to take time but we're also right there and we experience a lot more so that it becomes an opportunity not just for ourselves but also to um, watch something as an event that's just really um, happens all the time but we may not uh, be having that as a gift showing up to us in a lot of time that we're busy elsewhere or we're distracted or we have a different agenda so I, I really am finding for myself too learning to be more spontaneous and be more in that mode of curiosity because that's when gifts show up and those gifts are just they're invaluable but it's more the opportunity to show up for them ourselves that, that with that um, possibility of expression so as nature is speaking to us like that we we want to listen and value that conversation as a high valuable uh, interaction even though we may not say anything we're responding to it and we have expressions so that we can um, express after we talked with some one sharing what that was you know that we learned so pausing becomes very very um, choice oriented on that note we're going to take a quick pause and we'll be right back Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. When you slow down, you give yourself a gift of time for being. Here in the abundant flow, thought seeds grow. Daily moments rush past and disappear into memory. Surround yourself with an essence of nature and feel a renewed sense of hope and peace. Watching a bee gather pollen, the wind playing with leaves, garden flowers presenting their unique, colorful faces. These are the simple joys possible. Our natural world gets left behind in the concrete jungle, digital maze, or inner and outer environment systems. Make a choice to fill your mind with uplifting images surrounding you with invisible access on your mobile devices, in your working and living environments. Pause pads are a quick momentary retreat for your mind to find a space to pause in the middle of a busy day for a moment for a reality break from a busy schedule, or as a reminder to take time for yourself to get uplifted. The pause pad break has so many benefits and yet is like a lily pad floating around in sight and in mind as a space to experience an immediate sense of calm. Take a break. Hit the pause pad button or send an email to mcspectrums at gmail.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Thank you. 
You are listening to Mindful Space to Pause with your host, Dee Lee. If you'd like to connect with the show, we'd love to hear from you via email. You can send them to mcspectrums at gmail.com. That's mcspectrums at gmail.com. Now, back to Mindful Space to Pause. Welcome back to Mindful Space to Pause, and we've been pausing on observation of what is nonverbal and how do we um, express ourselves without using words, or how are we observing a nonverbal reaction to something that's going on, such as being in nature, which is really speaking to us at a lot of different levels. It's interesting without words. You know, it's it's something where we are so used to, or the, it feels important that we have words that um, say for scientific understanding, and how do we um, explain something from a, a pure science or a word of that's relating to science, and we find ourselves find you know this whole uh, effort of finding words to explain something sometimes a real challenge because we can't relate exactly and science and language is um, we actually need words to be able to talk scientifically because some of the the nuances of science um, are rather meaningless when you really break it down into the event itself or trying to explain something if you don't have words that people can understand. And yet we can't wave all our hands around and do something that is going to explain that um, I- event that we're expressing of a scientific nature. And it, there's a lot of meaning between what we say in with, with our words and also about our world. So there's um, meanings and speech and how something is presented uh, and we, as we resonate with the world and our um, descriptions of what's going on, it's very interesting with those words, how do, are we presenting the word, how the meaning of that word is presented is very important too, because some words can have different meanings based upon how they're expressed. So it's, it can go, um, if you're talking about uh, how, how a bird flies, um, their whole structure and how uh, the air lifts them up as they were going and how uh, navigating around, how do they uh, know where to land? Um, I mean, if they're flying, uh, what kind of uh, sense, sense do they have about um, the positioning of this, this pasture land that um, all of these birds were landing in? That was an incredible curiosity um, because some of the uh, f- separate flocks that were showing up were minutes between each other. So they would have kept in tune with you know, the, the prior event of this other group flying in to this really specific spot. So um, as more showed up, you know, the group itself moved around on the on the um, pasture land and made room for them because they did show up. But th- some of them had to fly up and over and um, find their own space to land on. So there is communication there as well because they were not in verbal motion or with all of their landing gear down and ready to land. You know, they were... Uh, definitely very 
um, prospectively landing in a certain area and then had to to um, change the course and, and go somewhere else. So there was a lot of juggling around there, but it had purpose. And as we go outdoors, even for a half an hour, um, if we go into a natural landscape and we're quiet and we're opening and receptive to our surrounding world, um, what kinds of, of things are going on? You know, if you take a look at the sky and a hill and then you look at the soil um, and your land, your, where, where are your feet, um, it's simply certain kinds of, um, there are words for what you're seeing there, but also um, there's a sense of simplicity. Uh, what kind of quality is there? where you're looking at um, this whole environment, you start looking from an emotional perspective. You know, what are the colors? How does it, um, how would you describe, you know, where you are? Um, if you looked at a tree, how does that tree look from a different perspective? You smell different smells. You hear different rustling of the leaves. Um, if there's, other things in that environment, you're proceeding to react to them if you're on a pathway and you see other things on the path. If you're observing very closely, you might observe a snail. You know, how do you observe something like that um, if you're in a hurry? Um, or you might step on it. And that um, quality of presenting yourself in a quiet way to become part of rather than as a controlling part is really helpful to um, be conscious about. And this is part of us enjoying our uh, landscape around us in a non-destructive way, but really aligning with it so that we can benefit. It is a gift. And yet we're all creatures of word because we want to express ourselves too of that um, experience. And because we want to express, we need to know that what we're expressing or as we're gesturing around, uh, which is nonverbal, what meaning do we have with this? Um, the natural world is not just, um, I mean, it, it is gesturing and it's also uh, ability to awaken on a cool morning and step outside, you know, having a feeling of expression and expansion, but also experiencing the opportunity to have that shared with you. Um, there is so much enjoyment to this process. Um, and we are able to um, find ourselves in these many opportunities to look closely more at a flower. Maybe we don't see everything in a different way. Uh, during the day, it's different because of our um, ability to take time to look, but um, the sun really does radiate, and um, it's a gesture. Um, when you look at in the evening, the, the, the rays are different angles, and they affect the whole environment and layout. If you're observing something from sunrise, it's different than at the evening time so there might be an intensity there with that will last just seconds but that kind of analysis is really simple when you're there and you're observing and you go 
this is only going to be here for this very short moment. I need to really participate with it. Oprah Winfrey said, Oprah Winfrey said, be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. And so we want to work with ourselves to um, look for opportunities to be uh, sharing joy and uh, look around ourselves, um, be appreciative of as many things as you can with being available to experience opportunities that are shared with us. And um, how, what is it that you are grateful for? And so there's some ideas here that might help capture some of that. Um, you could keep a journal and write down what you're grateful for each day. If you live more in the moment and be responsive and be present, you're going to be presented more opportunity to view things that are of surprise. Um, don't compare yourself to others and, and act like you're in total um, enjoyment of things. Uh, practice self-acceptance and compassion and express your feelings of joy. If you have them, um, it helps to spend time with your loved ones and express your feelings and, and show the opportunity to care for yourself, which is very important. Mother Nature has a lot of offering that is just passed up. And it's kind of like uh, we want to observe these ob- observations of um, of glorious colors and they don't last very long but they're also very emotionally challenging and charging so they become a benefit to do that um, I wrote a poem that speaks to this focus um, when I open my eyes I see love flows freely through me when I open my ears I hear floating songs of melody when I open my feelings I ensure I am truly connected When I open my voice, I share my vocal light everywhere. When I tune to my sense of smell, I am enveloped in dancing aromas. When I open my full heart, I know I am made of a lot of parts. And with this mindful sensing, I find the creator is simply in me. Pause with us next time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and have a great, colorful weekend. Thank you for joining us this week on Mindful Space to Pause. Tune in every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition featuring your host, Dee Lee, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you next time.